Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learn something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now it's time for a work break. Welcome to HR Work Break. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Joe Weber, founder and CEO of Atlas Jobs. Atlas Jobs is a web and mobile talent acquisition app that enables companies to better position themselves as employers of choice while making it easy for global job seekers to discover, explore, and engage with opportunities. Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you, Maddie. So since you guys are a company that focuses on recruiting, one of the biggest things on everyone's mind right now is retention rates, tech layoffs, just the ever-changing recruiting space. So I was wondering what you thought hiring teams should focus on in today's war on talent and kind of the challenges that we face right now. There's a few things going on. You know, obviously, I think COVID has changed everything about the workforce, and we're just really starting to try and figure that out, especially large companies. They were very impacted by this and their approach to talent acquisition is changing and needs to change. I think, you know, when you look at 65% of preschoolers, so like four years, five years old, they will work in jobs one day that don't currently exist. The workforce is just changing so rapidly. I don't know, just an aside in 20, I think it was 2020, right before this whole COVID hit, two women won the Nobel Prize for Chemistry for their work on CRISPR. And since then, which is only three years ago, but it seems like 20 years ago, doesn't it? Since then, a whole industry of jobs and opportunities have arisen as part of the discovery of CRISPR and the work around CRISPR. So it's constantly changing. And if you think of America in particular, we are the nation of innovation. You know, we are the nation that has Amazon, Google, Apple, Walmart. I think it's something like 90% of the US population lives within 10 minutes of some kind of Walmart, a Walmart or a Sam's Club. Yeah, that tracks. (laughs) You know, Walmart is running one of the biggest logistics operations on the planet. So I think there is a war on talent at the moment. There's a lot of talk about recession. Will we go into a recession or not? But we still find ourselves, Manpower did a survey last year. They estimate we're about 16 year high in terms of talent shortages. You know, a lot of these companies I heard you say, I think, did you say Microsoft just laid off? Um, I was specifically talking about the tech industry in general having layoffs, like Microsoft had layoffs, Twitter had layoffs, kind of, you name it, they've done it. Right. And I think the interesting thing, though, is if you look at Microsoft in particular, they laid off 10,000 people, but they also hired 40,000 last year. So I think a lot of time we focus on layoffs, always scary things are happening. But these companies, I think in many ways, they're changing. It's not so much they're, oh, we're not making enough revenue, we've got to let people go. It's more they're evolving. And I think when you specifically look at something like Microsoft, if you look at where the layoffs were made, you can kind of see how the company is changing. Yeah, it's like they're optimizing the roles instead of in like financial straits necessarily. Microsoft in particular, a lot of it was in hardware and VR and HR hardware, right? So I think sometimes a company maybe over-indexes on a direction and then they pull back from that and they start to go into a bit of a different direction. I think, you know, we are going to see more layoffs from the technology companies. I think it's a very fluid space right now as we all figure out what's happening, what's, what's changing in the economy. You look at, I mentioned CRISPR, 
you look at quantum computing coming in, you look at AI, you know, we're dealing with a lot of new technologies that can build a lot of promise for our companies over the years, and they can help America stay at the forefront of technological innovation. But it is going to require us to be fluid. One of the things I'd like to see, and some of the large companies are focusing on this, some of our clients are focusing on this, I can see, is very much around reskilling their workforce. So instead of laying off, hiring, laying off, they're able to have their workforce grow and evolve with them, move them into different areas. Yeah, that was actually what I was about to ask you about, because it's incredibly difficult to hire someone and train them, whereas just like upskill and train your existing employees. Do you have any advice for internal like HR departments to assess where their company may be pivoting and what sort of skills they need to equip their current workforce with? There's two pieces to that. One is sometimes the HR departments are quite divorced from the CEO and the direction of the company, which can be a problem. And you'll see things like a job out there and it'll be like qualifications, four-year degree. They don't need a four-year degree, not for all of these, you know, a two-year degree, an associate's degree, plus maybe some other qualification is going to be enough for the job. But we've been saying four-year degree for 15 years. There is a little bit of a disconnect sometimes between corporate direction and what's truly needed and HR. So I think that's one piece of it. But the other piece is when you have a huge corporation, when you have these large companies, somebody starts working there. And I think back 40 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, you'd see people would have a career at someone like DuPont. Like my controller, her father spent 25 years in his career at DuPont. And that's kind of how it used to be. People used to go in for a job. And then I think we got into this bit and I look at resumes now coming through and I'll see like six months, four months you know, six months, eight months. And I'm just like, wow. Yeah, there's quite a trend of job hopping, getting the experience you want and then moving on to the next thing. Or just, I think sometimes there's a honeymoon when you first join a job. And I think sometimes maybe the expectations are wrong, but just really taking the time to learn the job and stay with the company. One of the things we're seeing is a lot of our customers are doing things like they're spending time on videos and this generation. So I think it's something like 25% of the workforce will be Gen Z in the next couple of years. And that's generation grew up on mobile. They grew up on video. They're very comfortable in that environment. So I think when you look at the old world of like going out to some of these big sites, LinkedIn, Indeed, and just reading through gobs of data, trying to find it, it's very different from that, the way that generation communicates. You know, in terms of HR and just, just in terms of companies going forward, we've got to be able to communicate with that generation. I'll give you an example, Maddie. You know, you can read through a piece of paper for an hour, and I would say you would get more from a 15-second video where I'm saying, hey, I'm Joe Weber. I'm the hiring manager here. I'm running a team of 10, and I'm looking for two graphic designers. You're going to work with these guys. We're building this technology. It's for this market. And I'm really looking for people who can communicate and work well with the developers. I feel I've given you a whole lot there. I could write a thousand words and you wouldn't get the intention and the tone that I've just given you. I'm seeing companies embrace these new tools and I think it's important. And I think it's going to help them hire the right candidates because the more you know about a job going in, the more you know about the career possibilities with that company. So, okay, I go in here, it's maybe 17 an hour. That's kind of low. But look, if I work hard two years from now, I could be in that role over there because six months, four months, this doesn't help anybody. 
you know, this is really destructive to have people in and out so quickly. So I think most of my companies are focusing in putting more effort into talent, letting the talent know what exists. And a lot of the companies I'm seeing are doing internal training. So if you come into us here on this level, if you do this internal course, which is free to you, you are then eligible for these kind of positions. That sort of opportunity for growth and development, be it getting promoted higher, getting promoted laterally, like that's something that a lot of this generation's workforce is looking for and expecting from companies too. So that's an important thing to embrace. Absolutely. And even down to things like, okay, I, I'm living here right now, but actually I want to be back close to my parents or whatever. I would like to move to this area, being able to easily see opportunities within my company. I don't have to leave my company, but how can I get access to, how can I find the opportunities that exist that would allow me to make a move, you know, a physical move if I need to? Definitely. And as important as it is to showcase your company culture and general tone of your team to potential candidates, how do you recommend getting to know those candidates beyond what might be on paper? I guess like in the way that you mentioned that videos are a really effective way to showcase your company, what do you think is an effective way for a candidate to showcase themselves? You know, I like video. I have to say, I know not everybody loves it. And I also think this generation coming through are very comfortable. This is the TikTok generation, right? They grew up with TikTok. You know, they're very comfortable in general with that medium. You sometimes get people in certain jobs, you don't need somebody who's outgoing. But in general, when you're hiring people, I mean, we're all people, right? This is all we have is our bodies and our, our minds and what we do. And I think you want to hire people that can talk and can communicate so that they can have relationship with other people in your company. In my mind, I love to see it when I get a video response back. And there's so many things that you can explain. It's just like that short video I gave you a moment ago. You know, here's another one. Yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I'm Joe Weber. I'm a, I'm a trained nurse and I've been in nursing for three years. You'll notice there's a two-year gap in my resume. The reason for that is because under COVID, I had to help out with my family who got very sick. So I came out of the workforce for a couple of years, but now everything's resolved, we're fine, and I'm ready to come back in, and I'm excited about your company and really want to learn more about this opportunity. Again, compare that to looking at a piece of paper where you go down and you're like, hang on, Joe's had this two years. What's going on here? There's a big break. Because if you look at what's happening these days, you know, if I'm, I'm older, my day, I would maybe apply for five jobs Probably not. Actually, I'd probably more likely apply for three. I'd get two interviews and I'd get a job offer. It doesn't happen like that anymore. You know, you put a hundred resumes out and nobody calls you back. It's just... Having been in that position a couple of years ago, it is exhausting. It's so different. And so much of it is the timing, right? When a company puts out a, hey, we're looking for somebody. If you get in there, probably in the first 24, 48 hours, great. And then they start working through those candidates. And by the way, they've, most jobs, you get more candidates than you can deal with. Oh, yeah. You know, you're going through these resumes and it's difficult to figure this out. Then you come in the beginning of week two and everyone's like, oh, we've already got 200 candidates and you might be the perfect candidate. So I think there's some challenges there that have happened where you get people throw out resumes. They don't think about the job. It's a, become a volume game. and that hurts everybody. It hurts the candidates. It hurts the employers. So I think we need to get it back to more, more substantial conversation around 
this is what we're looking for. And we're looking for people that want to do this and care about this and would like to be in this environment. There's some interesting stuff coming, Maddie. I'm sure you've seen this with the salary transparency laws. New York City actually passed that a couple months ago, and it's got a lot of news coverage. That's right. You know, Europe started this. Parts of Europe have been doing this since 2017. Oh, wow. I did not know it was that early. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Not across all of Europe, just like in the States. Colorado was the first state here to do it. And I noticed some job ads coming out around that time that said, this is a remote position. Person can work anywhere except Colorado. Because then they don't have to add the transparency. It's a little loophole. How dastardly is that, right? Yeah. (laughs) And then, of course, since then, as you say, New York City is one of the most recent ones. California just enacted it out here. And Washington, I think, is another one. I think there's about six states. It's starting to build momentum. I'm seeing, particularly my larger clients, embrace this and they think it's a good thing. Of course, you care about how much you're going to get paid. So I'm seeing this as a, as a good move, being able to see, oh, that's my, what I'm going to get paid here. But also I see it as, and we've seen some clients take it further to show people like, okay, you start here, 20 bucks an hour, may not seem that attractive, but look, 20 bucks an hour is, I don't know, about 40K a year, a little under 40K a year. If you stay here for two years, you're eligible for this position, which you can now see because of the transparency, you know, it's 65K a year permanent position. And right now you can, in our technology, you can look at the map and you can see that position that, you know, your aspirational position, there's five of those available within 200 miles of you. This transparency, I think, is so important for this generation. It's such a reassuring thing, too, because I feel like it helps you plan your career and kind of anticipate what sort of learning and development you want to commit to. Like my sister works in Washington, D.C. and like all government positions, they've got like security level based promotions. So she has like a really good understanding on top of talking to her mentors and other colleagues on when she would want to pivot to the private sector if she doesn't want to become a political career driven person. So the U.S. government, I think, is the is America's largest employer. It may be the world's biggest, actually, when you include the Department of Defense. I think the Chinese Republican Army is number two. You know, I think once you get into those mega organizations, and, and Walmart is number three, by the way, in the world, they are the world's largest private employer. So when you start to get into these large organizations, it's so important to have the structure and that transparency. And I feel these organizations are the ones embracing some of these changes first. And I think it's a really good thing for all of us to start to see that transparency. And I think the smaller companies will follow suit. It can be harder for smaller companies because they're closer to the, like, we're going to go out of business next month unless we do this. So they're closer to the fire than some of the more established companies. But I think that trend's going to, you know, the horse is out of the stable It's just going to get more and more about transparency. And it's like everything. You know, if you think about it, since the internet came into our lives, what was that? How long has the internet been here? Was it 1994? Probably because it's been around as long as I've had consciousness. And I was born in 95, so. (laughs) Yeah, so I think it was like kind of around that time. And look at how it opened up our world, right? And I think in some ways, talent and jobs and opportunities has been hidden. It's been one of the longest things Look what the internet can do. It can show us these opportunities. You know, let's say you've got somebody who's living in not great situation. I'm in a title one school, you know, I'm, there's opportunities for me, but how do I find them? And I think that's where we're at now. 
even if we took, and you know, you hear about DEIA accessibility, and I think that is such an important thing here. There's so many reasons why, and it boggles my mind that we haven't addressed this earlier. Exactly, yeah. You know, you get a group of people that came from the same environment, went to the same schools, and you put them into a workplace environment together, and you ask them to innovate. (laughs) They're all going to be thinking all along the same line. You're not going to get any creative problem solving. DEI makes so much sense, and particularly for us as a country that thrives itself on innovation. So I think being able to have this transparency, here's the opportunities. A few years ago, my company took NASA, during the height of the pandemic, actually, we took NASA into a number of schools. Oh, wow. We took women of color from NASA and women from NASA. It was Women's History Month. And we showed, because everyone thinks NASA, astronauts, but there's so many more careers there. And they take interns at 16. Oh, I didn't know they took them that early. That's awesome. So many people think, that's beyond me. I can't NASA. But you can. These opportunities are there. You just kind of have to know where to look for them. And I think all the things that we can do to make this generation coming through understand and be able to access, these are the opportunities out there. You will find something that you are passionate about because it's there. You don't have to settle for a position that you don't like because there are opportunities there that are going to meet your passion. Exactly. And as you're speaking of transparency earlier, like that company shift like that a lot of companies are adopting toward being transparent, I feel like a lot of it was spurred on by the pandemic, actually, just having these like video cameras looking into people's homes, seeing their kids, seeing their pets, and realizing that your workers and your candidates, they're people at the end of the day. They're not just another number or a name on your payroll. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, there was good and bad with the pandemic, right? Oh, 100%. <laughs> I think it was more bad than good, to be honest. But, you know, I'm still, I do think we lost a lot of, my daughter just turned 17. She said, mom, I feel like I'm 15. Yeah, that's a hard time to be stuck at home. You know, I'm like, yeah, you know, that's that was what happened. You guys just got spread apart. The teachers, oh my goodness, American teachers. My mom's a teacher and so is my brother. I don't know how they do it. They were amazing. You know, this thing hit. None of us knew how long or what it was. And the teachers were like, all right, so, okay, Zoom, figure out how to get this working. and Talk about learning on the job, right? My goodness, you know, I mean, they blew me away. The American teachers and the American healthcare workers, right? And I, I say America because I live in America, but I'm, I'm sure, you know, these things were happening all over the world. But what amazing, what heroes they were around how they were able to adapt and, you know, the care that they have for their students you know, how they were able to still look after their students as much as they could during the times. Yeah, it really is. One of my um, really good friends at the time, we were neighbors. And just the care that she had put in towards her kids was really something to behold, you know. And then my roommate at the time was a nurse, too. So they were both really (laughs) being worn ragged and doing their best to be there for other people and as much for themselves as they could, too. Especially, you know, the nurses and the healthcare. I mean, you know, like you've got this thing that none of us know. And Until you caught it, you didn't know if you were going to be one of the ones that survived it or not. Putting themselves on the line every day. And they've all got families. I mean, as you say, the window into the home happened during the pandemic. So we did get to empathize more. We did get to see each other a bit more, which I think was a good thing. But I also think if that had happened and it had all been done in six months, that would have been okay Because this Zoom thing doesn't work long term. Yeah, It's not good for the psyche. 
Zoom fatigue is a real factor. We've started going into the office once a week and the degree of productivity that my boss and I get through on our one-on-ones in person versus when we were remote, they're lengths apart. I totally agree. I feel we move mountains when we're working together. We can get stuff done. And it's also so joyous. One of us will be like, oh, I'm going to go and get coffee. And then we've got just down the road from us, you know, in in the other offices that we have here, you know, our, our developers can come in. A lot of the time they are working on their own, but being able to have that connection, I think it's so important for humans. It's been a real challenge the last couple of years. I think, you know, you look at, you know, I said about my daughter, 17, but feel she's 15. You look at those kids that were graduating in 2020. Yeah. Trying to go into a career in the middle of this thing. And some of them have not known what we would consider a normal working place, interacting with other people. So it's been a real challenging few years. I hope we're coming out of it. I really hope we're coming out of it too. Yeah, (laughs) because like you said before, there were a lot more negatives than positives. It's nice to look for the silver lining, but it's also nice to think uh, we might be finally coming out of this fog. Yeah. And since this podcast airs on Fridays, I'd love to know what you're looking forward to this weekend. Well, I'm so excited about what I'm doing this weekend. (laughs) Oh, nice. I didn't think I was going to get a chance to do this. I've got uh, two teenagers, so they're very active at the weekend. One's in soccer, you know, just a lot going on. And I was having breakfast the other day and I said, I just really want to go skiing. And what's happening is my daughter and I are going to go. We're leaving the rest of the family. We're going to take the car, drive up to Mammoth. So we're going to get a weekend of skiing in, which I am just unbelievably excited about. Because as crazy as it seemed, when we were in COVID, everything shut down. Even though like you're outdoors and everything, you still have to go inside for certain things. And even skiing became dangerous because of going in and having to eat inside or whatever. So... I missed out on a lot of things that I love, one of them being skiing, and I'm just thrilled to be going again this weekend. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited for you. I'm actually going skiing um, later in February with some of my friends, and I'm really looking forward to it because, like you said, we tried going skiing once while the pandemic was ongoing, and having your mask freeze to your face, not a pleasant experience. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited for you. I hope you guys get fresh powder that weekend too, just something like, you know, awe-inspiring. Even if we don't, they've got enough snow there you know it's i think it's going to be really good so i'm excited and the powder should still be between the trees which is my favorite oh that's gotta be nice i haven't skied through the woods in a while so just because it's been so abnormally warm in the uh, northeast this season so you take what you can get that's true but joe thank you so much for joining me today it was really a pleasure speaking with you sure lovely catching up with you maddie Again, I'm Maddie Collins, and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.